Hello and welcome to the Open Fire Podcast, a new series of podcasts focusing on the fire safety industry and tackling the current issues facing responsible persons in the commercial and residential sectors. We will be discussing the latest innovations from a variety of specialist fire safety manufacturers, looking at the lessons learnt from the terrible Grenfell tragedy from a year ago and taking the views of some of the fire industry's most prominent and recognised leaders. Your presenters are myself, Dave Calvert, an independent fire consultant, and with me to discuss the latest fire news, I have fire expert, pundit, whiz kid, and alpha geek, Tom Gilbert. Thank you, Dave. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm marvellous. How are you? I am better. Better. <laughs> better now you've introduced us in a normal way. You like that. I you do. like that. You wrote your own intro. You realise that. Well, I did. Yeah, the alpha geek was definitely my bit. Okay, so Tom, Tom Gilbert. What can we expect from these podcasts and what are we trying to achieve? So I think as a as a project, uh, you and I have come up with this uh, harebrained idea that people might want to listen to uh, you and I chat about various fire safety issues um, with varying uh, interests in fire because of recent uh, disasters and incidents. There are a lot of people out there talking about fire safety, particularly in and around media. And you and I don't necessarily agree with it. So we thought we'd give our own pitch on um, on the fire safety industry um, and sort of come up with some interesting content for like-minded individuals to listen so to. So we're, we're creating a forum. Ultimately, yeah, an open forum um, where we're honest, um, bit of informed dialogue around fire safety issues. Um, and, and if we can, via collaboration research and innovation so we want to try and drag some people into this with us definitely we don't we don't want people like you and me just waxing lyrical on fire safety um we've we'd got, find that interesting wouldn't we but we would we'd listen to that every day wouldn't we but I, I think the um the idea is that we can come up with some um you know good companies and individuals in the fire sector who want to come and talk to us um about their specialisms um and and yeah come up with some interesting content for everyone Okay, so I think it's important to note that we're independent and neutral. Um, we're tied to our own website, openfirepodcast.com, and anybody that wants to get involved can email both myself and Tom at daveandtom at openfirepodcast.com. We'd like to hear from you if you'd like to appear on the show in the future um, or comment on anything we've said in the past, then drop us an email and uh, we'll drag you down here to um, answer. What, um, what sort of companies are we going to try and get in, Dave, to talk to us? Well, I think we've got some exciting guests lined up. Uh, next week, who have we got next week, Tom? Uh, we've got Jim Creek coming next week, who is the owner of J-Light, a photoluminescent signage company. And uh, also, So we're talking about signage next week. So signage will be the uh, the bag next week. Um, he's also the editor of the Means of Escape magazine, so there might be some uh, other Excellent. interesting things that might come out of that. Um, we're going to attempt to get um, some door manufacturers in in uh, subsequent I think weeks. that would be uh, useful at the moment in the current climate there's been a um there was a, a recent release from the fire door manufacturers association yep um re- regarding uh, the testing of composite doors on both sides absolutely it'd be interesting to see what uh, some of the contributors to that edict or um working in that industry have to say about that absolutely what is a composite door big question and what constitutes a fire test absolutely and then a lot of that stems from the um the the retrospective testing the police did after grenfell tower um where they found that a lot of the doors installed didn't meet the 30 minute requirement so 
there's been lots of testing. See, the police do that. They do like to get involved in fire stuff, don't they? I'm not sure how we feel about that. Uh, no, I'm not either. <laughs> but they did, and they they found out that um, certain doors failed. We've had a manufacturer um, that's been identified as installing tens of thousands of doors across the social housing environment, and they're not meeting requirements. And then they were an additional six tests, and five of those tests failed. Um, uh, to the point where um, uh, an industry association suggested that no one should be installing composite doors. Um, which right, is a so biggie. exciting stuff then. Yeah, yeah, uh, It'll be interesting to get our guests on for that. So we've got um, signage next week, fire doors hopefully after that. Uh, what else can we look at for the rest of the series? So we've got the managing director of a company called Light for Life to come and talk to us about innovation around emergency lighting and intelligent signage systems and um, the plausibility of evacuation in residential buildings. So that will be quite an interesting um, subject. Um, and then we want to get some people from passive fire protection in to talk about the right way to do fire protection and then probably some industry thought leaders as well, Dave, other than you and I. Okay, so, I think here every good. week. It'd be interesting to get some thoughts from the industry. Yeah. Okay, so if anybody um, would like to come and join us on the podcast as a guest or you'd just like to email us your questions to our future guests, um, can email us at daveandtom at openfirepodcast.com and we'd love to hear from you. Okay, so moving on. Um, subject matter, what are we going to be... Are we going to be talking about uh, Grenfell, Tom? It seems to be on everyone's minds at the moment. It's too big a subject to, to not talk about. I don't think we're going to um, readily talk about it for a little while yet. Um, obviously, we've got the inquiry going on at the moment. Um, they've had a break for the summer and they've just restarted this week. Um, and obviously, there's still lots of stuff coming out of that. Hackett Report and the Hackett Review is still kind of um, being uh, looked at by the industry, seeing how that will impact um, us. But we w it's not going to be a subject we're not going to talk about. Um, and we're just going to get the right people in to um, contribute, absolutely, and get their opinions. And I think what we'll try to do is, as, as the um, as the inquiry moves on, if there's anything salient that we think you know the listeners want to hear about, then we'll try and bring it in and, and give our, our our spin on it. I suppose. Okay, so we're getting towards the end of summer now. What can we talk about? What's been going on in the fire safety world? So um, we've had some. I, I was going to say some small fires, but they weren't. They were ginormous. We have. We're talking about the wildfires in Greater Manchester we, yeah, and are. Lancashire. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a little um, brief intro I've got here. I can just update us on it. And this is taken from Wikipedia, uh, just to show you my level of research. It's a good uh, news agency. So Wikipedia. this was starting on the 24th of June, 2018, and continuing through the summer a record-breaking series of fires burnt across the UK. So a record but interesting choice of words there, wow. record-breaking. Um, the two largest fires burnt over 4,480 acres on Saddleworth Moor in Greater Manchester and Winter Hill in Lancashire. And there are also similar fires in Wales and Northern Ireland. So, Tom, my first question is 4,480 acres. What, yeah. what is an acre? Do it... An acre to me is a very arbitrary measurement. It's not yes. like the size of Wales or something I can imagine. It's, it's about seven square miles. Seven. That's your. Do you know that, or are you guessing? That is true. Is it? I just totted it up in my head and okay. did some quick okay. maths. Just these, these moments are going to happen rarely on this series. What, where I know an answer quickly? Well, where you get a, give an answer, but it's actually completely wrong because I've researched what an acre have is. Have you? Yeah, I have. I have. By the way, an, an acre is not seven square miles. Four thousand four hundred eighty acres is. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> one acre is the amount of land plowable in one day by one man and an ox. Well, I feel better for knowing that. Yeah. So 4,480 acres could presumably be done by... 4,480 men and oxen. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So an acre is about 60% of a, a soccer pitch, which is annoying for a start because it's a football pitch, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Or 75% of an American football field. Oh, my God. Or 16 tennis courts in a 4 by 4 formation. <laughs> so I think before we go further on to field fires, it, it was important to clear that up. I think that's now we know in our minds what 4,480 of those would look like. Okay. Um, Member of Parliament, Jonathan Reynolds, Shadow Sec- Economic Secretary to the Treasury. So Shadow Economic, that says he's not a real MP. He? Yeah, he's kind of just got nothing better to do. Yeah. Uh, said we should, uh, quotation marks, look seriously at our capacity to deal with these kinds of fires in future, including our military capacity. So can we come up? with ways to stop these sort of wildfires. If I give you a few super facts on forest fires and wildfires. So an average of 1.2 million acres, we know what an acre is now, of US woodland burn every year. That's a lot of oxes, to be fair. It is. That's a lot of wowses come to that. Yeah. Um, A forest fire can travel. How fast do you think a forest fire can travel? What's the maximum speed? I wouldn't want to even hazard a guess, but I know you'll have the answer. I do have the answer. Super fact number two, it's 25 kilometres per hour. Fantastic. Which I think is about 18 miles an hour, something like that. But importantly, that's faster than you can run. Well, faster than I can run, but uh, <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that one, Tom. Yeah. Um, trees can explode if the water deep inside the tree quickly turns to steam. I mean, that's impressive. So we're talking about a fire that's virtually sprinting through a forest with trees trees exploding. I mean, how would you know that? Because you wouldn't be able to see that. You couldn't witness that, could you? Um, Perhaps it's been done. uh, Perhaps Warrington have carried out a test on trees. They probably grew a large oak tree in one of their laboratories. Well, these facts are coming from the University of Utah. They probably did. Yeah, yeah. So they might have done. They might have done. Um. Do you know where these these wildfires generally start from? See, I'd like to say people with matches, but I think that's not going to be right. Four out of fires, four out of five fires are started by people. Are they apparently so? Deliberately yeah. or not? Um, probably not all deliberately, but um, there's obviously the sort of uh, the malicious ones as well. Um, interestingly, lightning strikes. This is I, I, I've deviated a little bit here. Lightning strikes the Earth over one hundred thousand times a day. Of these, ten to twenty percent cause a fire. Wow. So my maths tell me that's between ten and twenty thousand a day fires started by lightning in the world, every day, or the universe per day. Crikey. It's a lot, isn't it? It is quite a lot. So if we're talking about how we're going to stop these fires happening, I think we need to eliminate the people, eliminate the lightning, and and possibly eliminate the fields. To be fair, though, if you get rid of people and get rid of lightning, and trees, and trees. Okay. Okay, we're getting somewhere, I feel, here. Um, Have we got any other ideas? How can we, really, uh, practically speaking, what could we do to stop the fires... 
in Greater Manchester, Lancashire, Northern Ireland and Wales happening again. My gut feeling is if you were to ask the Sprinkler Association, they would suggest <laughs> sprinklering them. Sprinkling the, the Yorkshire moors. Yes, and that would probably require some sort of roof, um, which wouldn't look great. It would be quite expensive. It would be a big greenhouse, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. okay. So that would, that would be my take. And I think if you went to someone who was you know, future thinking and modern, they'd say, put it in a building and reduce the oxygen in it. So a big oxy-reduct system across like it, the whole like of it. the Yorkshire Moors. Another so suggestion. They're expensive. To, to, to expand on your point uh, of a sprinkler system, what about cloud seeding? How would that work? I remember from geography, yeah. the principle that if you chuck a load of ice in a cloud, presumably from a helicopter or something like that, then it will turn to rain and put the fire out. Will it? That last bit wasn't in my geography class. I've added that on. I mean, you're going to need a lot of ice cube trays, aren't you? Yes. I think it's ice. I'm guessing there's some sort of chemical stuff going See, on See, I would imagine well. you'd have to put something like dust in there or something. Dust? Yeah, because that's what rain, raindrop is, a molecule of water with a dust droplet in it. That's what rain is. So is maybe to true? make it right, Yeah. Is it? Maybe that's what a cloud is. Are you not sure? Are you not talking about a pearl? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not talking about pearls. <laughs> okay, right. So, um, what else can we do? Any other ideas? Any other bright ideas before we put it out to our, our listeners? Um, I think if you applied some health and safety principles to it, you'd probably come up with some sound, sound ideology around reducing the fires. Okay. So there's an interesting approach developed in or adopted in San Francisco um, where goats are used to graze on areas and create fire breaks. Um, since 2008, a company called City Grazing has been herding mixed breeds of goats in the un, in uh, meadows and sending them on freelance assignments to eat up overgrowth all around the San Franciscan backyards and, and on federal land as well. Um, so realistically do we think that would help be helpful i think that would be a good idea because if you get rid of all of the um uh, you're basically reducing the amount of combustible material aren't you so it's a sound principle so could we improve on this i mean you and i know that there's always a technical solution to a very simple problem so let's not just have goats let's upscale goats and make them more interesting so perhaps adding an extinguisher onto them so not only do we have um, removing the combustible materials... But actually putting the fires out. ...having a start. remotely activated extinguisher. I, I, there is, there's definitely some legs in that. Four legs, to be precise. And perhaps wrapping them in a, a fire-retardant blanket. Well, you wouldn't want them to get burnt, Dave, would you? So the question begged itself, as part of my research for our first show, could a goat become the new Yorkshire Moors firefighter? Uh, to be fair, I think Jonathan Reynolds, Shadow Economic Secretary for the Treasury, this is exactly what he had in mind. Do you think we're in line for an OBE if we can get this up and running? I think it's close. Okay. So on that basis, I, I'm glad you said that because I have done, a, I have written to um, some of our most prominent GOAT experts in the country. Are there many of those? Um, well, I've written to the British Goat Society, the Goats Veterinary Society, the Cleveland Dairy Goat Society, Cornwall Goat Keepers Association, the Essex and Suffolk Goat Club, the Ayrshire Goat Club and the Pygmy Goat Club. Uh, would you like to know what I asked them? 
I'm stunned that you wrote letters to all of them. Okay, well, it was an email. but it, So the email, I, I've asked our questions ready um, for this podcast, ready for our research. So, dear sir, madam, depending on who we were writing to, I'm writing to you from the Open Fire podcast to see if you can offer some advice about special goat powers. As you probably know, in San Francisco, goats are deployed as firefighters to munch on grass to stop wildfires spreading. I'm assuming they know this because they're goat experts. As you may be aware, the UK has recently been suffering from similar wildfires and we wanted to understand the viability of using goats to stop it happening again. Could you kindly advise us your thoughts on the following? So I'll ask them a series of questions here, Tom. Okay. Would goats like to be deployed on the moorland in West Yorkshire? I thought that's the first point let's find out if they'd be happy to do this you mean relocate relocate okay. yeah okay on the assumption they would would they like the sort of grass and stuff they have there okay so are they actually going to eat it yeah if okay. they don't eat it they're not really doing what we want them to do are they? yeah yep. okay um and i've built up to the, the the secondary points firstly with how strong are goats i can see where you're going with the equipment angle yeah 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 um, could goats be fitted with small backpacks that contain fire extinguishers? Good idea. Could we paint their horns red? Important. Obviously, we want to identify them as firefighting goats, not your average goat. It would be expensive to give them PPE, wouldn't it? It would, Tom. And finally, could you wrap a goat in a fire blanket to keep it fire retardant? So you are giving them PPE? I think it's important. Perhaps high-vis. High-vis fire blanket. Okay. Red-horned goat with fire extinguishers on the moors of Yorkshire. Would that we're make... onto a winner. Yeah, I, I think we're onto a winner. So next week's show, hopefully I'll have a reply from our uh, eminent, preeminent goat experts. It would be wonderful if they would come in and talk to us about it at some point in the future. It would be. Quite frankly, I, I would settle for an email response. Do you think you'll get one other than, are you pulling my chain? I'm very confident. I'm very confident okay. we're going to get a response well, to the next show. That's good. Okay, and on that cliffhanger... Fantastic. Okay. So, um, any more business? I I kind of figured, as we're talking about San Francisco, um, I wanted to uh, talk about the San Francisco Fire Brigade and uh, all the people they've got are in prison. Interesting, interesting. Because you were talking to me about this the other day. Well, it is true that... Um, can you remember the number? I can't remember the statistics. <laughs> Make it up. It's a podcast. <laughs> um, there's so um, a lot of the prison population, a lot of the firefighters in San Francisco are actually serving prison terms. This is a fact you were referring to. Yes, indeed, it is. Because when we were talking about this, my initial reaction was that all of the firemen in San Francisco had a problem with crime, and were all going to prison for things like arson. But that wasn't the case, was it? No. So this this was actually, this is a voluntary program within um, the San Francisco prison, uh, prison service where um, convicted felons can volunteer to be a firefighter. And should there be an emergency in the local prison area outside of the prison, they'll be deployed to um, assist in the operation. Which is a great idea. Um, it is a great idea. I do wonder if they're going to be somewhat hampered by being in handcuffs or... Chained to a fire engine. Yeah, but I think it's a nice idea and it it gives them something useful to do. I think I think there's a Hollywood movie in that. There definitely is. And I think that goes hand in hand with the how do we fight the Yorkshire Moor fires. Well, maybe if we get a load of prisoners. So perhaps HMP Solihull or... or, or... Brilliant. 
We've, yeah. we've solved it there, haven't we? Absolutely. And they maybe they could handle the goats. Okay. I hope the government's listening. I hope they are. Get okay. that OBE's in the post, Dave. So who's on next week's show, Tom? So next week we have got um, Jim Creek from Jay Light. He's going to come and talk to us about um, uh, escape route signage and photoluminescence. Um, and I'm sure it will be an enthralling episode. And uh, hopefully we can have a couple of giggles on the way. Okay, fantastic. Um, so... Um, just to remind our listeners, um, if you want to check out our website, openfirepodcast.com, or email myself and Tom at Dave and Tom, all spelled out one word, at openfirepodcast.com, we'd love to hear from your comments or if you want to come and join us on the show. Absolutely. Um, and I think on that note, we'll say goodbye. Wonderful. Thanks, Dave. Till next week. Yeah.